0: In today's episode, I am interviewing an amazing educator who is so passionate about what she does, Georgia Littleton. I first met Georgia when she attended my first ever virtual workshop, the K-2 through STEM planning workshop, which you can actually still jump in on. It was all recorded. So once you jump in, you get access to the whole thing. You can grab that at NaomiMeredith.com slash primary workshop. But I met Georgia and she was just so much fun to have during the live workshop. And she asked great questions and also contributed some really awesome ideas. So after the workshop, we ended up chatting some more, and I could just tell that again, super passionate about what she does. And I asked her if she would be on the podcast, and she said yes. So she was telling me about this whole real life experience that she brought to her kids where she brought Antarctica to them, to her small town where they don't even have snow. So you're going to hear a clip of our hour and a half long interview that was super inspiring and just so much fun. It didn't even feel that long when I was talking to her. So This is part of the interview where she's going to be talking about this whole Antarctica experience that she brought to her kids. So um, you'll hear that I'm asking her about something, but this is where you're really going to get some awesome impact. However, I didn't want you to miss out on this whole experience. So you can actually check out the full episode over on my YouTube channel. Just search up Naomi Meredith. And I have the full bonus content, the full interview over on there that you can listen to the audio of because it was just so much fun. And again, she has some great stories and just so many things that I know that have inspired her and also some other cool real-life experiences that she has brought to her students. Georgia Littleton is currently the gifted and talented and STEM teacher coordinator for K-6 at Booneville Elementary School. This is her third year as the GT and STEM teacher and her 12th year teaching. She has a wide variety of teaching, many grade levels in the elementary space, including sixth grade science. She has two masters one in, get in gifted, talented, and creative, and also one in curriculum and instruction. Georgia considers herself a lifelong learner and feels blessed that she gets to work with all the students in K through two. And also all the identified GT students in third through sixth grade. Georgia considers her classroom organized chaos because they usually have so many projects going on. Her goal is to encourage her students to never give up and understand that failing is part of learning, and she tries to teach them to overcome and persevere when they don't succeed the first time. So again, you're definitely going to hear the passion in her voice and just her love for education and for learning. And I hope that you enjoy this clip from our time together. But again, also check out the full-length episode over on my YouTube.
1: I mean all all kinds of stuff like I I bought her some leather off of Amazon because you know how the leather earrings were yep. in style you know and she would have kids that would help her sometime design and some yeah. of them did advertisement for her and yeah it was really I mean we just kind of do a lot of anything yeah. anything the kids can do yeah. you know you
0: do a lot of like you do a really good job of uh, because like this is what we're gonna get into anyway. But you do a really good job of bringing like real world experiences to your kids that are authentic. Yes. And I know that you're really passionate about it. You've told me that before, but like you can <laughs> tell in your voice that you're passionate about it. Like oh, even for you. yourself, like yes. for you as a learner, you like the world, real world experiences, I do. and then you know how impactful that is for you as a teacher. And then you're bringing that to your classroom, which I know you're telling me about this whole Antarctica thing with some experts. So tell it more about that because you're like, this is a really cool thing that you're doing with your kids.
1: Okay. So we were at a chess tournament and it was like in November, I think. And my GT teacher sent me this email and I opened it up and it was like a long-term research, you know, and I was like, What in the world is this? And she said, Well, she said, I know. She said, We're, you know, a lot alike. We like doing unique things and you like, you know, doing strange things. She said, So I thought you might be the person that would do this. And I was like, Okay. (laughs) She's like, Just go look it up and just get some more information. It's like, Okay. So I looked at it and I was like, Hmm, I get to work with a live researcher in Antarctica. Now, first of all, I'm from Arkansas. If I forgot to say that, I'm from Boonville, Arkansas. <laughs> Little mini school. We're a 3A school. And we are in the middle of nowhere. Some of our kids don't even get out of the state, much oh, less wow. to go see the ocean. Yeah. Oh, and true, like, right? You're yes, landlocked, okay. right? Yes, we are landlocked. Well, I'm embarrassed to say, but my kids who are in the sixth grade and eighth grade, they just went to the beach the first time this oh. past summer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <That's exciting. laughs> and if we hadn't had relatives that lived in Florida that we could stay with, they probably still would not have ever had the beach experience, yeah, but anyway, so this was a um a research opportunity through Rutgers University, and it was the scientists are stationed at Palmer Research Station in the Western Peninsula of Antarctica. First of all, I had no idea how many research stations are in Antarctica. But I didn't if either. Never looked that up. You need to look at a map.
0: Oh. I wish I had the numbers in
1: front of me, but it's like almost all the way around Antarctica. They're huh? like different countries have research stations. I didn't
0: like, know that either. Like, uh,
1: yeah, it's a pretty interesting map just to look at. Hmm. So, anyway, so I was like, hey. The worst they can do is not accept me, you know, no matter what. So I filled out the application and I sent it to my GT specialist. I was like, hey, Karen, read this and tell me what you think. She's like, "Okay." And of course, I ask you, you know, why you want to do this? And I'm like, our kids are landlocked and some of them don't ever get to even see the ocean. And I try to bring in as many real world things as I can, because how many times as educators do we hear Why do we have to learn this? Yes, I mean, I don't think there's a teacher alive that has not heard that question. But if I, and that's why I'm so big on real world. If I can relate what I'm teaching to something in the real world, that explains that question. And I don't have to hear that. Mm hmm.
0: I don't Mm -hmm. hear it very
1: often in this position. (laughs) That's really good, though, because you're doing a good job. It is. Now, were all my kids interested in this? No, but I made them do it because they might not ever get to experience Antarctica again. Mm -hmm. So what it was is these researchers, of course, they rotate through Palmer Station and they spend different amounts of time down there, but they go down there. The program that we got accepted into was ID Antarctica. Hmm. So, what it was is they were working on the whole thing centers around climate change. But what we don't realize is what all climate change affects, you know, and especially the kids don't realize it. Okay. So, for example, the basic or start of the food chain in Antarctica is krill. And of course, my kids are like, what's creole? Yeah. You know? I,
0: like,
1: <laughs> I don't know what that like, is. We're not in our We don't have that like,
0: in our guys. I'm, like, I'm, I'm like,
1: how, how many of y'all know what shrimp are? And yeah. they're like, yeah, we know okay. what shrimp are. I said, well, it's it's kind of like shrimp. Yeah. Just just think of it as shrimp. Mm-hmm. And I said, but that's the basic food chain. So if the global warming warms up the water, which it's doing in Antarctica, then the krill it affects them because they like a certain temperature. Mm-hmm. So if the level of, or or the depth of the ocean that they like for lightness, darkness, and and all that Mm -hmm. technical stuff, but if it's not the temperature they want, then they're probably going to decrease in population. So that means the seals that depend on them, Mm -hmm. and then the penguins that depend on them, and then the whales, everything's going to have trouble. Yeah. Um, Like, Another example of climate change is that the Adele penguins are the m- most well-known penguins in an, in in Antarctica. That is so hard to say. I know in it is Antarctica. hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> in Antarctica. Um, okay, so the Adele penguins are cold weather penguins. They love ice. Mm-hmm. So with the climate change that's been going on the, the past years is that the ice is not getting as thick and there's not as much. There are research scientists that have been going down to Palmer Station since it first opened up. I think it's been roughly about 30 years. And they're like, we can tell you where the ice was mm. and how much has melted back onto land now. Oh, wow. And like their big icebergs, how much smaller they are. Huh. So... I thought like it was all frozen down there, like the ocean and everything, like was like frozen year round. Well, it's not. So I I've, I've learned a lot. Yeah. But they have what they call new ice. It's what's frozen in the past year. So it's it's like your you know your your fresh new frozen you know water ice in the ocean. So the big vessels they use, they're an icebreaker, so it does not have to slow down to bust through that one year old ice.
0: Whoa. It,
1: it, yeah. If it's less than a year old, it can just go right through it at the s- steady speed. It has to slow down when it starts getting in thicker ice. Mm-hmm. So they take this big icebreaker and they have this huge net on the back that they can drop. They can set it to where at different depths, they can open up different nets. And so they can catch whatever is in the water at, at different depths. And oh. so then they bring those and they take all that to the research station. And so it's, it's just, it's amazing what they, you know, what they do, but it all bases around climate change and how it's affecting everything. Mm-hmm. So because the Adele penguins, because they are cold weather penguins, they are actually dying out. Yeah. And they're predicting, like, within so many years, there's not going to be any more Adele penguins. Oh, no. So sad. Yeah, Yeah, that's how serious. uh, It's hard for us around here, I know, to really think that climate change is real because it's hard for us to see any effects. But when you Google a map, and I did this at Palmer Station when we started working with them, of an aerial view, you know, 30 years ago of where the ice was, you know, the glaciers. To what it looks like now, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so there's other types of penguins that, that are coming in now that are warmer weather penguins that don't have to have the ice. Yeah, And just like the humpback whales, they are migrating down to Antarctica now. They used to never migrate down to Antarctica because it was too cold.
0: Oh. So, they are
1: actually. That was one of the other programs that I could have got chosen for was to track whale migrations.
0: Mm, that's cool. And
1: yeah, and, and the research scientists will tell you, you know, we used to never see the humpback whales because it was too cold for them.
0: Yeah. And now so not.
1: everything is changing. You know, there's, you know, there's, you know, birds that come down that never used to. And it's just, it's a big difference. Okay, I was shocked when I saw a video of these guys working in Antarctica. Yeah, and they had on t-shirts and no jacket. I'm like, what? It's supposed to be cold down there. They said, "Yeah, this is their summertime, so they're the exact opposite of us." Okay, to where the Arctic, which is the North, yeah, they are on the same season as the U.S. Oh, and, okay. And Antarctica is just the opposite. Okay, because they're below so, the equator. Yeah. yeah. And that was one of the questions on our pretest that we had to take with them. Good. <laughs> so see how I, I, I learned that and I'm, and I'm retaining it. Yeah. But it was just amazing. But like the teachers that got accepted, and the reason it was so amazing is they only accepted three public school teachers for each of the three programs. So there was nine of us. Oh. Now, because they are from Rutgers, which is based in New Jersey, they do a lot of work in New Jersey, which is you know su- such a small state. I'm, yeah. I'm sure it doesn't take you 30 minutes to drive all the way across it. But they work with a lot of 4-H clubs up there. And they do this program with them. So there was probably that many 4-H clubs that were also in with us. So what we were going to get to do is they were going to, after they had been there a while, they they went down right before Christmas. They actually got to celebrate Christmas down there in Antarctica this year and in the new year. So that was kind of neat. But they had thought that they would start getting lessons to us the middle of January. And they asked us to do five lessons. And what it was, it was going to be using a dichotomous key, using for identification of the animals. So, what they were going to do, they had some like last year's that we could go practice on. And they have a picture. What we were sent, it was a bird and then it had a krill in its mouth. And they asked us to use um, basically the bird dichotomous key to identify the bird and then the zooplankton one to identify the zooplankton in its mouth. Wow. Yeah. So, that was the first. Yes, (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and it's stuff and it's pictures that they have taken this year. Oh wow. Yes. That was what was so neat is that um yeah, it was like How often do you talk to them? Like how often do you guys
0: meet? Is it live or is it pre recorded?
1: That's the okay, that that that's the big deal. The big hoopla on this was that we were supposed to get to have a 30 minute Zoom meeting with our scientists. Yeah. Um, and, and our kids could send in 20 questions. So the three schools that were going to partner and be there that same day, we all got to send in 20 questions and they were going to pick, you know, 10 to 15 questions per school. Then they were going to send that list back to us so we would know. Yeah. I was really excited. I thought this is so cool, you know. <laughs> but anyway, it turns out that my live Zoom meeting was the same day, same time that I was receiving my award from the state oh, Department, my it was? program.
0: Oh, so yeah. what
1: happened? Well, I didn't want my kids to miss out. So I asked one of our interventionists if she, which her son is in fifth grade. So he got to go through the program. So she was like really excited because she's like, Braxton's all the time talking about Creel and Antarctica. <laughs> and she's like, Man, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so I asked her, I said, if I have everything set up and I will forward you all the emails. I said, would you please go down there to my room where I said, we, you can do it in your room. Mm-hmm. I said, and do the Zoom. I said, it's just going to be a 30 minute Zoom. I said, but that way my kids still get to participate. So, because what I had originally planned is I was going to go down to our Gifted and Talented conference on Wednesday. Do that. Come home Wednesday night come to school Thursday morning, do my Zoom, and then drive back to Little Rock and finish out our conference for Thursday, afternoon, and Friday. No problem. No big deal. Then I get an email from the State Department that I was an Act 56 award winner. Oh. So I was like, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <That's bad>. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, there is no way I am not going to accept my award, you know, because yeah. this this was a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. My Act 56 award. I even have it. I'll show you. Look I, know, that. I know everybody on the podcast can't see, but I know. Well, when I edit the video, eventually they'll be able to see. Oh, well, here, I will hold it yeah. still then, maybe. Woohoo. That's so awesome. So, anyway, so the Act 56 award is for the Outstanding Gifted Program. Yay. So, what it is, is our gift and talented program, you have the State Department has these minimum requirements that you have to do. Yeah. And there's like 10 categories, community involvement, curriculum, PD, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, the Act 56 is what you do above and beyond the minimum requirement. And this is just my third year being the GT teacher.
0: Ah, look so, at you. Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Like you're
1: like, look at all this stuff you're doing. You're only talking, <laughs> like <it's> a
0: snapshot. <laughs> I try,
1: um, but my GT specialist really encouraged me a lot. Actually, she encouraged everybody to, not just me, but everybody, because this was she had somebody from her co-op had won it for three years in a row, and she's want like keep the momentum going, and so. It was an intense application to fill out yeah. because, she, because our gift and Talented Advocacy Council um, is the ones that read the application and select it. And the oh, names cool. are eliminated, so they have no idea. But they have these questions, but you have to tell what the minimum requirement is. But then you have to tell what you're doing above and beyond. But the problem is there is a character limit. <laughs> Oh, they, they, you're they like, you're me, doing all this stuff. <laughs> I can't. I can't make it short and sweet. Um, <laughs> so they want a narrative. They tell you, don't bullet. I mean, they want you to talk, you know, and, and, and that's hard. It's hard for me. As much stuff as I do, I hate bragging about myself. (laughs) That was what I dreaded about this podcast the most, is I don't know how to brag on myself. Oh, I mean, I think you do a great
0: job explaining. Like, I could tell you do a lot. You just show them this podcast. Like, look (laughs) what I do, guys. (laughs) There if you go. Some, If you need other evidence, you can just okay. show them the
1: podcast. Yes, I'll, can. I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. That's a good idea. You're yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so anyway, so I filled this out and it was, I mean, several pages long. So anyway, they um said you've won and the amazing thing is, is it comes with a three thousand dollar cash award. Oh my gosh. So it, it went to my school district. So yes. my district coordinator, she um Takes me and she's like, um, "Did you know you got this award? And it comes with a three thousand dollar monetary award." And I'm like, "Yes, I did." I was like, <laughs> "I went down and 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 accepted it at our GT conference." <laughs> she goes, "Wow!" And I'm like, "Now I, I I do get the money, right? It doesn't go into general fund." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she goes, "She goes, well, I've got to contact the state department." She said, "Whatever they say." And of course, they said it was designated for GT. So that's why I was so thankful for you when we did the 3-5 STEM workshop. And I was asking about the green screen and the stop motion and all that. Because it's always nice when you know that somebody has firsthand knowledge of the materials
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: whether it works or not. So that's why I asked for your list. um, Because, yes, this is a lot of money, but I don't want to just blow it totally and then go, why did I spend it on that? Yes. And even though it's for the GT program, I would like for as many kids at our school to benefit from it as possible. And one of the things, and I think I told you about this at our three, five workshop is that when I first took over this, my principal had even mentioned about us taking over morning announcements because our principal does it every morning, you know, good morning, Mm -hmm. and and the lunch. And I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. So when you were talking about the green screen and the stop motion and your video and production, I was like, oh my gosh, this would fit right
0: in. And you could totally do it. I believe in you.
1: (laughs) So my my GT, no, not me, the GT students. (laughs) See, teach the kids to do it. Oh, totally. Yes. So they could get to where they could eventually do it. But then the whole school would actually benefit, you know, and then we might even be able to use that as a reward for like the top AR reader or something could come in and do the morning announcements with us, you know, and my kids could teach them how to, Mm -hmm. do it. you know, just, you know, we're all the time looking for awards, you know, that are incentives that are internal that we, we don't have to buy. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, that would be a really good one. It'd be really good. Yes, we are celebrating Dr. Seuss week this week instead of last week. So, and I was thinking, you know, we, we could have kids come on and read a Dr. Seuss book or, you know, anyway. Just There's so many still.
0: opportunities and like yes. it's real world, like we're talking about, like yes. my kids love it. This I've done it. This is my second year and the kids are funny because they're funny with me because they like know I have a YouTube channel. So they oh. like, they listen to me because they're like, oh, she knows what you're talking. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not that cool, guys. But I'm okay, thank you. But anyway, yes. I've been doing it and they love it. It's just super like, they are passionate about this stuff because they love yes. like, This is totally them like presenting on camera <laughs> and like peer to peer. So, like, once you start doing it, you really see like a whole, like you said, you want all the kids involved, like the little yeah. kids look up to the big kids who are on camera. Um, The big kids have the t-shirts. They're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till I'm on the news. Like the little kids are so excited. (laughs) And then you can, like you said, have like them reading books and having them be more involved. Like we do like a joke of the day. So any kid (laughs) can submit a joke. So it's just a really cool like in-house experience that can grow with time. But I know you like, I think you'd be great at facilitating that because you're like all about the real world stuff this is totally up your alley. <laughs>
1: well, and it's so funny because we have so many kids that are bashful that don't want to get up in front of the kids and speak. But I think something like this, yep. they would be just fine with it because and Yeah, they will. You know, nobody would get to see them and you could cover up their little screen here yeah. on their computer and they'd never see themselves.
0: Yeah. Or they could edit. They could be on the editing team. I yes. had kids switch. Like I had some kids who are on editing, you're like, I think I really want to be on camera. But I also had some kids oh. like, I don't actually like being on camera. I really want to be on editing. So I've had some wow. kids which is really because in- they're both important. We actually editing team yes. probably does a little more than if there's a teacher who's like, scared to get started, or like, whether it's like getting experiences for their students, or like doing something for themselves as professional development, do you have any tips for them? Like, what would you recommend? Like, cause you gave, I'm writing down all these lists, but if someone who's like not at the same level as you are, <laughs>
1: where, where could they start? Okay, definitely. The first thing is you have to be comfortable stepping, not comfortable, but you have to be willing, w- willing is a better word. You have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And, like, I guess for me, growing up on the farm, I got dirty. I walked walked in cow manure, you know, walked in mud, you know. Anyway, so that's why it doesn't bother me getting dirty. But, like, one place that you can start is, like, we have a science museum in Little Rock. It's called Museum of Discovery. And they offer professional development workshops in the summer. And, Oh, my gosh. They are wonderful. And they are STEM-based. Most teachers don't know about them. I have gotten to know the ladies down there. And it is just, it's amazing. But, okay, uh, they came up to our co-op this year. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm getting off topic. But one of the activities she did with us for STEM, it was called needle felting. Ooh, cool. Now, I am not a knitter. I'm not a crocheter. I can't do cross art. I can't do anything like that. All this was is you get like a foam cushion. Yeah. Like a square of it, like an eight by eight. And you get your piece of material you put on top of there. And there are like these needles that are like really skinny. I I can go get them if you want me to. And you put this wool, colored wool, just on there. Like you're going to take like a permanent marker before and trace your design. Like she told us to do something. Of course, I'm not the artsy, crafty person, remember? <laughs> so I, I drew a bubble L. Oh. I was like, go Georgia. You yeah. Know, you drew an L in a bubble letter. Yeah. But all you do is you take your needle and you just poke. Cool. And that's all all you do. Huh. My kids went crazy about it. Yeah. And they were like, this is all you do is just sit and poke. <laughs> Again, it's something that for some people, it's very relaxing. And some people th- thought it was so slow, it was boring. <laughs> But like I bought a book that she recommended about how to make your straight lines, how to make yeah. it three D. There are people out there that make like stuffed animals out of wool. Yeah. Cool. And they look real. Weird. I mean, yes. It it it's it's just crazy. But that's what I would suggest is you start with a hands on workshop. Mm-hmm. Because and no offense to people that have the workshops where they read the PowerPoints, but If you don't get in there yourself, and that's Mm -hmm. what I have found out. If you don't get in there yourself and do it yourself, it's hard to bring it back. Mm -hmm. But if you're at a workshop, like I I could pull over in in my teacher book right here and whip out our book that we made this summer.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, And, but if you do it yourself and you have something to take back, whether it's a water tower or whatever. Um, Another thing is your nature centers. They will offer some PD, whether they do it or somebody offers it up there, any of your, just any places like that, just contact them, you know, or, and a lot of them, they will come to your school and you don't even have to do it yourself. If you're not comfortable with doing it yourself Call your nature center and ask them to come and present something to your students. Like, for example, your state game and fish commission. Yeah, good idea. I found out that ours, even though the fish hatchery is on the other side of the state, when I was in sixth grade science, I contacted them and we did a fish dissection. Cool. Now, I thought at first this was going to be like, you know, the paper one. And, you know, each we would just, you know, like the fold and, and stuff, you know, it'd just be papers. Nope. <laughs> they came wheeling in with an ice chest.
0: So no cool.
1: <laughs> and the fish hatchery had caught the fish for them the day before and put them on a, in an ice chest on ice. Whoa, look at that. They Whoa. were like six to eight inches long. Oh wow. Yes. We opened them up and every two to three kids got a fish and which they had all the utensils. Yes they were using scalpels and stuff and we had to have a lesson on that and you know it was pretty intense but the kids loved it. Yeah I'm sure. I I had a couple that turned green and had to leave the room but I mean we got to do their insides and they went through what every organ was. They got cool. to see if it was a female. She had eggs. Then we got to dig their eyeballs out and look at their eyeballs and then we cracked their skulls open. And I don't know if you fish very much, but probably about the size of your thumbnail
0: Yeah.
1: is about how big a fish's brain is when they're six oh. to eight inches long. Oh. It's itty bitty tiny. Not, I mean,
0: that's the smartest. <laughs>
1: Well, a lot of I'll put it like this: a lot of the kids, when they were trying to dig into their skull and crack it open, they smashed the brains oh, unknowingly because oh no. of, they went too deep. <laughs> yeah, a little a bitty tiny thing. But I mean, just even people like that invite people into your classroom, and they will do it for you, mm-hmm. and it will be free for three years. I had them come up. You know, different people did it e- each year. But for three years, they came up and provided dead, but real fish for my kids to dissect. Yeah. And it didn't cost me a thing. That's cool. And, and these people, it was probably a, I'm going to say a four-hour drive for them. And they didn't mind a bit. Oh. And they and they stayed all day because then I had five classes. And we started out first thing in the morning. And they, I thought, well, you know, they'll do one or two classes and then that's it. You know, and I'll have to record it. Nope. They stayed the whole day, just excited. All they asked was for a large trash can, for it to be triple bagged, and for me to provide paper towels. Perfect. And yeah, just, but just anything that they can do to, like I say, if it's too much for them to get the hands-on, then invite people in that will do the hands-on with the kids. And I guarantee you that the kids will Love the class, love the experience, and it will be huge. Oh, yeah. Just because the more you can get them up and doing stuff, the better they like it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that no matter how much they love technology, they get tired of sitting still, yep. whether they have a screen in front of them or not. And they want to be up moving around.
0: A hundred percent.
1: Yep. Stay with me and I will be accountable for all of them. <laughs> 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 but so, yeah, so. The Junior Beta Club sponsor is going to go ask the school. Oh, man. So, yes, if we can go. So that might be an adventure. So June, I'm going to need some prayers for June because the first week in June is when I'm going to Gatlinburg for a week for the steam in the park. Yeah. And then towards the end of the month, if this works out, I'll be taking 12 junior high kids to Louisville, Kentucky. You're going
0: to be busy this summer.
1: (laughs) I'm going to get my miles in. Be so busy. So, but yes. But I, I just thought, you know, these kids need to be able to experience that. That's what we want. We want them to see that reward. We want them, you know, to be able to say, hey, I got to go to nationals my seventh grade year in beta. You yep. know. Yeah. And not
0: everybody can do that. No. And you're you're know. the great for a best person.
1: To oh, I don't
0: know. It <laughs> well, I appreciate your time so much. And I know teachers are going to love hearing all your experiences. Like, I can see the passion, but you can hear it in your voice. Oh, um, and I wrote you. down everything that you said. So I will link Bless everything. Your heart. <laughs> um, and I always take notes in interviews um, because I know people will want all the all the links. You have a lot of cool all the links. Um,
1: Yes. All the cool
0: things. Um, is there a way that teachers can connect with you if they have any questions and you
1: want to chat? Yes. Um, my, I don't know if people usually do email addresses, yeah. but you are welcome to put my email address. It's just georgia.littleton at Um Then I'm on Facebook. It's Georgia Goldsmith Littleton. Um, not probably very many Georgia Littletons, but you'd be surprised <laughs> how many people have the same name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I have just recently, and so like very recently, so there's like probably nothing on there, but I'm trying. So I did set up a Twitter account. Oh, perfect. And it's, yeah, Georgia GT STEM. Imagine that. (laughs) So I still have to get somebody to um, explain Twitter to me and how it works. Me too. I (laughs) know. I know but I don't do Instagram I just I, I can't get into that one but um so okay baby, yeah, baby step see I I've I created the Twitter account so but yes but that they can find me that they can email if anybody has any questions they can email me and I will be happy to share anything I'll, I'll visit with them I'll call them I'll zoom them oh. but Anything I can do to help people, I I just want to encourage everybody that defines your passion in teaching. And, you know, we can do such a better job teaching if we have a passion. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's hard. I was just asked that question, what is your passion? And I was like, I don't know what my passion is. I just want to help kids. I think
0: (laughs) real world learning, I mean, I'm answering the question for you, but you're really good at like making connections to why learning is fun. And hands-on, and it can apply to everybody. So I answered it for you.
1: Yeah, well, that, that's kind of what I ended up putting. Okay, so. good. Yeah, but... Yeah, I have I have lots of resources, and I love doing. If anybody has any crazy out of the box stuff that I can do, like the Antarctica deal or the artifact exchange, I'm just shoot them to me, That's and amazing. I would love to do stuff. So, well, no. I appreciate. I'm sure they will. I'm sure you have people reach out, and then by
0: give me like an expert at Twitter after this, you'll have all Yay! the people with you. But, <laughs> but thank you so much for your time. And I love all your stories. And I know all the teachers are going to love hearing them too. So I appreciate you so much for doing this. Thank you
1: so much again. Well, thank you for hosting the K2 and the 3-5 STEM workshop so we could meet. I appreciate it very much. Yes, of course. They're so much fun.
0: I'm glad you got to come live. It was so much fun. (laughs) It
1: was. I enjoyed it. See,
0: you never
1: know what experience you're going to get something out of. Oh,
0: absolutely. You're so right. You just have to try.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's right. Well, Well, thank you so much. I know I talked a lot longer than what you wanted. Oh, no, you're good. (laughs) No, you're awesome. All right. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank
0: you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to podcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, Naomi to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.